Hi, welcome to Guardians of the Family. You're here with Kimberly Lowry and Amy Earl, and we are excited to be back after a long Christmas break. And it's a new year. We're excited about the new year and all the things that we've got planned. And as we've been planning our new year, we've um, asked for feedback and got feedback from you guys. And so um, we feel like we've done a good job of covering um, what our roles are and um, how we fulfill our roles as women. And so now this year, we would like to focus on becoming and how do we become that person that we want to become? How do we become the person that God wants us to be? And so today our podcast is going to be our first podcast starting along those lines. And we thought we would talk about how a classic helps us to become the person that we want to become. And our last podcast that we did, we were getting ready to do um, our Laddie book discussion. And we did our Laddie book discussion and it was awesome. And so we really enjoyed meeting with those of you who came and we had a great discussion. And so we wanted to talk about Laddie today specifically because that's the one we just read on and using Laddie um, to be as an example to show us how we can um, use a classic to become better. Yeah, and a classic is, <clears throat> so first let's talk about what a classic is. And this, this is a term that a lot of people, I think, um, have misunderstandings about. It can be confusing because you say a classic yeah. and you think, old you, you like okay so you're really hard old to read book. yeah hard language that's covered with the dust on your shelf um and our definition of a classic is a work we're gonna be talking about books specifically but it can be anything but something that you ref you return to again and again and each yeah. time you return to it you learn something new something new um, comes to you and changes yes. you. And, um, so consider scriptures every time you open the scriptures, every time you read a scripture that you have read a hundred yeah. times can suddenly take on new meaning with, a, because you're at a different time in your life and different yeah. things are happening and you have different needs. And so as you, when you return to a classic that offers universal truths, that truth can speak to you where you are at in that yeah. moment. And um, a classic brings it all together because you have, there's different types of, of lessons that you can get from a book. And we're going to be talking about classics, literature, like stories yeah. that we're reading. Um, and there can be classic how-to books. And in a in a how-to book, you get just, you open it up and you read it and it gives you instructions and it lists mm -hmm. like, all right, this is how you do it. Um, versus when you're reading um, a, a literature, you are reading a story, but through that story, and if you can find a really great classic, a really great one, and we're going to give you some examples, you get in and it gives you the principles and then it walks you through how to do it and you can see it in action and you can see the results from the beginning to the end. And it gives you the opportunity to view with eyes the whole spectrum as opposed to only being able to qualify it in your life or in like watching um, somebody in a, in a real life or real time situation through a book. Yeah. 
you can watch the whole story unfold. Yeah. And it's kind of a how-to for life and you can see the consequences of um, good consequences and bad consequences and it can compare to people, one who's doing good, one who's doing bad. Yeah. And when you're, when you're looking for classics, especially if you're, just, if you're just getting started in this idea of reading classics to understand principles, reading classics to, to learn on that level, um, this, is, this is an important time to return to titles that have been proven. Um, because you know, one of the challenges, I would say, especially in the world today, and I see this again and again through books and through entertainment, is that... I will be reading something or watching something and recognize that the principles that this book is teaching are completely out of line and false mm -hmm. with my core beliefs. And so it's really important. Like, so if you start with books that, that are in keeping with your core beliefs that, and then you can start to recognize how you pull out principles and how you apply those principles to your life. Um, yeah. And so we have to, we have to start first with understanding your own core beliefs and having a firm foundation there. And that's pretty much what we did all of last year in regards to the family. Yeah. We, like, yeah. And that's one of the reasons that studying the scriptures every day is so important because that cements your core beliefs into you. And so that everything that you read after that, you compare to your core beliefs, you compare to the scriptures, and that's how you can recognize truth. Is does this follow along with my core beliefs? Does this follow along with the scriptures that I'm reading? And if it doesn't, then it's not truth, and it's not something that we should be pursuing or following. And President Uchtdorf gave a talk a while ago, and he was um, he was talking about what is truth, and basically the whole point of his his talk was truth is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our core. That is our foundation. And so if something brings us to Jesus Christ, if something emulates those, what he taught, that's how we know that something is truth. And so as we studied the last year, as we read scriptures, um, we read commentaries, we read talks from apostles, um, we, we gained an, an understanding and an education of principles. and then we're able to now, so we're reading a book and we can say, yes, this book is in keeping with all of those principles that we have been taught. And we have to look and make sure that, like watch out for counterfeits. And we've mentioned counterfeits before in another podcast and counterfeits are something that I think today we have to be so aware of that Satan can take something and it can be really close. Like all he does is he takes the truth and he twists one part of it. And suddenly we have a completely different principle that is no longer in keeping with our core beliefs. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I had to mute for a minute. <laughs> the loud noise is going on in my house. Um, yeah. So I think that we need to define um, what principles are because we keep talking about principles. And I remember when I first learned about reading for principles, how I wasn't really sure what I was looking for. And so um, to me, I just think a principle is like a bit of truth or a universal truth that as I'm reading, I underline it and say, 
this is a principle, this is a principle. And so it can be anywhere from um, fidelity is a necessity in marriage to it's you should be nice to your neighbors. Like it's a universal truth that applies to everyone. And so um, those are the things I'm looking for as I'm reading these little bits of wisdom and these little bits of truth that um, help me be a better person and help me um, be a better mother and help me be a better wife. And so those are the things that I'm looking for as I read. And I think they come out like, and again, this comes back to why every time you read it, you get something different because wherever yeah. you're at, like your principles, what your mind is looking for, like yes. you pick out different things. And we're going to talk about this at the end where with Laddie specifically, how at different readings we've found different principles. But for me, so there's the idea of, of a universal truth and then how I am usually picking out principles. And so when I'm reading, I'm not looking for every principle, right? Like, I'm looking for what, what is speaking to me. So, um, you can, a really important, um, tool that you can use when you start to read a book is to write a question that you have at the beginning of the book. Now I'm not talking like a question about the book, but right. a question that you're having about your life. Um, Kim had a good example. Um, what book did In you Laddie. Um, was Laddie? What book were we talking about? And you had, um, well, um, I think the one we were talking about yesterday was I had written in the front of Laddie, how do I become a better mother? Yeah. And so just a few of the things that I wrote in the beginning of my book were love is the most important thing. Be happy. Don't force them to be what you think they should be. Help them develop what they already are. Children know what they need. Be involved in their education. Believe the best of your kids. Don't speak badly of them in front of others. Um, make a more conscious effort about what I teach them and rejoice in them. And so these aren't things that were, sometimes it's specific, but a lot of times you're just watching what the characters do. And, um, and that's why it's so important to read a book more than once, a good book. And because the first time you're so concerned about the story and where the story is going, that your mind is just focused on the story and you don't focus as much on the principles. But if you come back and read it, and you already know where the story is going, then your mind is free to pick out these little um, bits of truth and these little bits of wisdom and these, these principles along the way. And so you, as you watch their behavior, then you can say, okay, what did they do in this situation? Um, how did they react? And then you can get a principle from that. And that wasn't something that I could do in the beginning when I first started reading classics. It's been, it's come with time and the more I read and the more I more I'm familiar with a book like I've read Laddie probably five or six times now. <laughs> and so and so that leaves my mind free to, to find these little principles. And for me oftentimes too so you start with a question and how do I be a better mother? My questions have been how can I help Sam? Or what does Sam mm -hmm. need? Like just something I've been thinking about Sam. Sam's on my mind. I'm about to start a book. So Sam becomes my question. And then I start reading and whatever the book is about. I mean, I could be reading Heidi or, um, mm -hmm. what's the, um, you can even be reading a book on money management and find yeah, like, like exactly. I, yeah. 
what, uh, oh, the alchemist. I'm like, what is mm-hmm. that book? Because actually when I was reading that, I had a lot of thoughts about Sam, but, um, and we actually even talked about this in the last time I was reading the book of Mormon. I was, Josh was my focus and I was thinking about Josh and how can I help Josh? And so when you're, then you start reading and thoughts, the spirit will speak to you while you're reading. And sometimes it has absolutely nothing to do with the passage. So you could be reading about, um, the spelling bee, you know, little sister goes to the spelling bee and you can have a thought like Sam and I need to have a mother son date, like thoughts just come. And if you are prepared and you're listening for those and you have a pen and you just make a note and you say, I need to take Sam. And so you're reading these truths. You're have, you're have a question that's on your mind of what you can do. And it allows you are allowing yourself to have inspiration. And sometimes it's as, as um, simple as you're reading something about um, in a book and you go, Oh, I need to do that for my family. But understand that it's not always just instruction from the book that oftentimes it's just something completely out of left field, but because you are focusing on it and because you've placed good um, universal truths in front of you, then you can be open to inspiration and how to lead your family. Oh, you're muted. Sorry. I was going to say, I think just the mere act of, you know, sitting down with a book and you have a pencil in your hand, you're, you're showing that you're open to receiving that. And that's when you receive that revelation, it just takes that little bit of faith to sit down and say, I can receive the answers that I need and then just read and then they come. And actually that makes so like, think about what, what you have to do to read. Like when there is chaos, right? <laughs> imagine your house. Like there have been a couple of times when I've been in really engrossed in a really good book and I'm just letting chaos <laughs> around me, right? But that's yes. not, I'm typically not looking for principles when I'm in that. <laughs> but when I like, I've had things taken care of. It's at the end of the night or it's in the morning before everybody's up. You know, you have this time where it's quiet. You've prepared with a question. You're reading something that is good and you sit down Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay. And you have some time to yourself. Well, is there a more perfect moment to feel the spirit and to be influenced Mm -hmm. as to what you need to do? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, so let's talk about some of our, like, yes, some our of our classes. favorite classics and some of the ones that we started with and some of, and there's some of the ones that we think are easiest to find the principles in. And it's just like every page is full of so much. So some of our favorites, obviously Laddie. Um, and we, we like it because it's the how to of a family. It's the, it's the how to have a successful Successful, loving, happy family, I think. Yeah. And they weren't perfect, but no, and they're like, such a really good example. From start to finish, you have Laddie, you can find <laughs> it all. You've got the marriage relationship, you've got the parental relationship, you have the community, you have the spiritual, you have the work ethic, you have yeah. like education. Yeah. 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 So Laddie's a great place to start if you haven't read it yet. Um, Little Britches, which I say is the male version of Little House on the Prairie. If you haven't read Little Britches, read Little Britches, read it with your family. It's so good. And it's like a parenting how-to, And especially if you have boys yes. that well, are a little I'm, rambunctious. Or if you have a Betsy. 
(laughs) (laughs) Like, and Little Britches is the book. If you have not, like the idea of having a read aloud with your family and with your children is a new idea to you. And you're trying to figure out how you can have a book that you can start having discussions and then a common, um, like cultural literacy with your family, like where you guys understand terms and you'll start saying things like character house and you'll have phrases. Little Bridges. Chocolate bar. Yes. Little (laughs) Bridges is the book to start with um, because it is, it is read in such a way that every page Mm -hmm. outlines a principle for you. You like you're tripping over them as you read. They're just right there. Mm Yeah. Um, next one, the hiding place, which we've talked about before, but as you all know, that's my favorite book. Um, and those are the top three, like, yeah, don't know where to start. Start with one of those. Yeah, for sure. And I love the hiding place because it's about how to live when times are tough and how to turn to God and how to, everything will be okay. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. If you have your faith intact, you're going to be okay. And, and that God never leaves you. Yeah. Like in the darkest times, when you stay yeah. true to your faith, when you stay, like you keep him at the center of your life, it is how he gets you through the hard times. It's, yeah. it's how, if you are struggling with any kind of struggle, which we all are, and you mm-hmm. read the hiding place, you will be elevated. You will be yeah. fired. You will feel so much love from and for your heavenly father. And yeah. you will recognize that his hand is all around and he never leaves us. Yeah. It's a powerful, powerful book. Um, Carry on Mr. Bowditch is a great book. Um, that was the book that Jake read. It was the book that put, so when we started studying Thomas Jefferson education, um, that was the book that turned like a key, a cog or a key, or I don't know what the, what, <laughs> what the term is for that. Cause I'm terrible at idioms. Okay. Connected neurons. There you go. Um, but when he read carry on Mr. Bowditch, it's the one that he went, that's how leadership education works. That's mm-hmm. how the phases work. That's how learning to teach yourself and having a mission and having passion. And I mean, he'd read The Chosen. He'd read some of those other books that also share that. But mm-hmm. Carry On Mr. Bowditch is the one that spoke to him. And it's a youth book. It's yeah, it is. Read. It's entertaining. It's a real life story. It's a good read aloud for your family as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I have up from slavery. If you're not familiar with that, it's the true story um, of a a man who was born during slavery, but the slaves are emancipated when he was very young. And then he, um, okay, so his name is Booker T. Washington. But anyway, so he um, came out of slavery and he didn't know how to read. He didn't have an education. And it's about his pursuit of education. And then the man he becomes, and he started um, this, Tuskegee Institute in the South, which was like the first black college in the South. And I love that book because of all the education principles and that just shows the desire that you can, you can have what you want and you can gain this knowledge that you're searching for. 
Well, all the sacrifices that he went through yeah. for education, mm-hmm. he led the way he, so he practiced the principle of like, you, not them of yeah. sacrificing for what you need of working hard of, of, um, and that from anybody from wherever you are at, yeah. if you are willing to work for it, I mean, look at what he was able to, to do. Yeah. And it shows the importance of education and how it can elevate you and lift you and um, how it can help you become better and how it better society and the country as a whole, even. Right. Yeah. He's a great inspiration. Um, Jane Eyre, that was on Amy's list, which is one of my favorite too, but I'm going to let Amy explain why she likes it so much. Yeah, Jane Eyre. I read Jane Eyre um, for the first time I was pregnant with Betsy. Um, so I'd been doing, I wasn't pregnant with Betsy. <laughs> we were expecting Betsy. <laughs> Betsy was adopted, but that's how I, re- that's funny. That's how I remember we were preparing for her. Effectively. <laughs> um, but, um, so we'd been doing, um, Thomas Jefferson education for a while. Um, and so I'd been reading things like little britches and carry on Mr. Bowditch. I'd been really immersed in kind of the youth classics um, because I had been teaching my kids. So those are what I had been reading and studying. And Jane Eyre was my first like big hearty, like at this mm-hmm. time after I had started learning about how to find principles and apply them. Mm-hmm. And as I read this book, I realized that this is when I realized how off in this book, Jane has to make these incredible decisions that anybody in her life then and now would be like, yes, you're fine. Make that decision. Um, Mm -hmm. You can, you can make choices that aren't in keeping with like your moral compass because of love, because, and because it's what you want. Yes. It's like, nobody is going to judge you. You can do this. This is justified. Yeah. And, and the other way, that's just crazy. Why would you wait? There's no, like just as, so as I'm reading this and she just keeps returning to her Mm -hmm. moral compass. She keeps saying, I can't do this. I love him. I want to be with him, but I can't, this is not right. And she goes through like the hardest time in her life and she sacrifices and I'm reading this book. And, and as I'm putting myself in there, I'm thinking I would not do what Jane is doing. That is like, I'm recognizing my like weaknesses and how easily at this point I was like, no, you can do whatever you want for love. If, if you want that, if that's the right thing, quote unquote, mm-hmm. then you need to do that. And as I watched her example, and then I got to the end of the book, like I watched her whole life and at the end, how it all comes together. And, and I came away from that going, I need to be like Jane. I need to step up my game. I need to really, obviously I need to like recalculate my moral compass because all through the book, I just kept thinking, Jane, how are you doing this? I don't think I could do that. And so it made such a difference in my life of saying, listen, Jane could do this. The Lord saw her through it. She had her Mm -hmm. faith, carried her through. And in the end, what was supposed to happen happened and look at how much right. she grew and I, it just completely. And it was the right time. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, you know, when you're reading Little Britches with your kids and they're understanding 
tearing boards off their character house and being honest and being part of a family, you know, as their minds expand for that, that's what Jane Eyre mm-hmm. did for me as an adult. Right. As opposed to reading a book like, which I have not read, but Kim shared with me, so I have not read it, but you before me, <laughs> which I come to, you know, the, is it okay that I just like totally called yeah. that book? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm happy to call that book out anytime. <laughs> yeah, that is just about being self-centered and it's about you and not caring about who's around you, right? Yeah. Like Yes. And that suicide is okay if you think you have a good reason. <laughs> yeah. And so you have a book that's so completely based on fallacy. So then when you read it, if you are not anchored, and so this yeah. is why understanding and, and, and choosing trusted titles while you're figuring this out so that when you yeah. read something that is a counterfeit. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's why classics have stood the test of time because they are teaching those principles that um, they're not teaching falsehood. They are teaching correct principles and that's why they have stood the test of time. And that's why we can, that's why it's a go-to list because we know what we're going to find there is truth. So, and like that was Amy's example of Jane Eyre. That's the perfect example of what we're talking about of becoming through classics, these lessons that we see. And we just, we're like, I want to be like Jane. I, like I can never be the same again now that I've read about Jane and just like me with the hiding place with um, Corey and Betsy, I can never be the same again. And knowing what they went through and how they came out makes me want to be better and wants me, well, I want to, you know, emulate them. And so we become the person that we're supposed to be seeing these great people and how they handled the situations they were in. And I like the phrase, um, standing on the shoulders of giants. Like we don't have to go through an experience all these things in the world, we can see how other people have lived through those experiences and come out better and we can stand on their shoulders and then reach a greater height. That is so powerful. And I was going to say face to face with greatness. Yeah. Like you have the opportunity through these books to know these people and to experience as if you are right there with them and you cannot get that from any other. Mm -hmm. There is no movie and even an, an audiobook, I don't think has the same impact as sitting with a book with a pen yeah. and a quiet place and just pondering and studying and letting it just change you. Yeah. So let's talk about mother. Should we talk about mother? And- yes, for sure. And the things that we learned from mother. So in Laddie, we, um, we read this time with a focus on mother because, you know, that's what we're talking about, womanhood and women. And so, um, we just wrote out a list of things that we learned from mother and that we liked about mother. And so some of them may be a little bit more obvious to you if you've read the book and some may be not so obvious, but um, go back through and search and see. You probably could come up with a twice the list that we have because we just came up with a few. Um, let's see. I liked about her that um, that she was a member of her community and that she was well respected in her community <clears throat> and she was respected because of the way she treated people and she'd go to church and she'd um, say hi to everyone at church and she'd invite everybody over for dinner afterwards and and they um and after dinner um, they would all sit around and talk and father would 
um, read the newspaper and mother would talk to the women and and they she was knowledgeable and so everybody respected her and they knew how important community was and so they they fostered this sense of community with their friends and neighbors and that's the she loved and respected her husband and she understood yes. the importance of both of their roles um, and they talk in there there's where they talk about the 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 things that the boys learned and the things that the girls learned and and um she their example of marriage is so powerful and especially when you're kind of figuring out and what i love about mother is that she was not just a passive participant she was not right. just there she wasn't just there to clean and to cook like she was a prominent figure in that family and right. with making decisions she had her own little business she was like where she collected um, she sold peaches and apples mm -hmm. and, and the kids understood that and respected it. And, yeah. um, like she was completely a part of everything that was happening. Right. And I like that to go along with that. I like that she understood her role and loved her role and accepted her role and that there was no like whining and complaining about her roles. <laughs> and there was no, um, I didn't hear her complain any time throughout the book. I mean, she had bad health in part of the book and their lives were busy and everything, but it were, there was no like complaining and no whining about anything. And that's a good lesson well, for me. Father, <laughs> I mean, they were both so busy and they, yeah. like, father had his responsibility on the farm and in the community too, and at church and mm -hmm. she had hers and, um, I mean, I'd like to think that we can all see ourselves in that relationship. I can definitely see Jake and I, and Jake does his things and I have my things and together we create this really great whole and, yeah. um, and we're not trying to be the same person. We don't need two of the same person. Yeah. We need him to do what he's good at and I will do what I'm good at. And, yeah. Yeah. and together it works out and. Yeah, their, their kids understood their partnership too, and they understood whose role was whose, and yeah, I like that. Um, I like that she was bold in the truth. Um, there's one chapter in there where the neighbor, Mr. Pryor, comes over to talk to her, and she doesn't skirt around the truth. She just tells him like it is and makes no apologies for it, and another time, another neighbor came over to ask her about and this is toward the beginning of the book, whether she was going to buy covers for the graves of her children. And she just told her out flat out. No, I'm not going to and told her why. And so people trusted her that she would give them an honest opinion and they could trust what she had to say. And I, I like that about her. It's okay to say the truth and you should say the truth. And she was humble enough to learn. There's, she starts out where she didn't have an education when they were first married. And um, so father like helped educate her and her education grew alongside the education of her children. And she wanted to be educated. She like, she was willing, she was willing to do the hard work to get that education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked that um, she had high expectations for her children and her children knew what the expectations were. They, they knew how they should behave. 
they knew what mother and father expected them. There was no um, questioning about what they should do or what was right and wrong. They had been taught all along and their mother had high expectations for them and expected great things of them and they lived up to it because yeah. she had high expectations for them. Yeah. And there's just so many, we could just go on and like, there's seriously, we have a list of like 30 of these we could go through and like emulate mother. And again, she wasn't perfect. She had, you know, um, the situation with the neighbors, you can sense that she was kind of annoyed by the neighbors and like, she didn't approve of them. And, mm-hmm. and of course, then I can see my behavior. Like, that's what I love about it is it's not just this perfect. And we're seeing it also through little sister's eyes. And yeah. so, um, we consider also how that's another piece that I love about this, that I think can be like to acknowledge, here's this book about this wonderful woman as written by her daughter, like yeah. her eyes and think like, think about how our children think about us right. and that our foibles, our weaknesses, the things that we do wrong, they're so forgiving of those. Yeah. They, they don't even, they don't get hung up on them. They don't get saved for later. Um, and that is just another one of those pieces that you're reading something like this. And if you can like apply those things to your yeah. own life, you can come away thinking, okay, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And I like, um, I really appreciated mother and father's faith and trust in God. Oh yeah. Like when times were hard, they went to God. They took it to God. And that was the first thing they did. Like there was no questioning. What do we do now? It was always, we go talk to God about it. And that kind of leads us to Kim's, um, one of her, I can't remember what order we were going to do this. (laughs) I can go first, but so we wanted to talk about some lessons that we learned specifically for that applied to our own lives we've learned from Laddie over the years. And so um, the first time I read Laddie and goodness, what's it been like 10 or 11 years ago now? Holy cow. Wow. So the first time I read it, um, the main takeaway thing I got from the book was that to begin with the end in mind, father and mother had a plan for their family. They knew what they wanted their family to look like. They knew, um, where they want the direction they wanted to go as a family and as a couple. And they even down to um, the way that they planted their trees and the way their property looked and how they did everything. Hold on. I have a quote here from mother. So father and mother are going on a drive one night and father takes her to the top of the hill. And I guess this was something they did frequently. They'd stop at the top of the hill and they'd look out over their property. And um, let's see. She says, mother says to him, um, can't find it. okay. She was rocking on her toes like she does when she becomes too happy at the meeting house to be quiet any longer and cries glory right out loud. She pointed to the orchard, an immense orchard of big apple trees in full bloom with two rows of peach trees around the sides. It looked like a great soft pinkish white blanket with a deep pink border spread lightly on the green earth. We planted that way because we thought it was the best. How could we know how it would look in bloom time? It seems as if you came to these hilltops and figured out on the picture you would make before you cleared or fenced a field. That's exactly what I did, said Father. Many's the hour all told that I have stopped my horse on one of these hilltops and studied how to make the place beautiful as well as productive. 
That was a task you set, set me, my girl. You always considered beauty as well as use about the house and garden and wherever you worked, I had to hold my part in line. And so I just love that. That's so beautiful to me that they just, they considered what they wanted everything to look like. They, life didn't just haphazardly happen and they just go along with the flow. Like they created what they wanted. They had a, a plan from the beginning of how they wanted their life to go, how they wanted their children to grow up. And, um, and that was the big lesson for me. And that quote totally reminds time. me of you because it says, um, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but the idea that she wanted beauty, like that was part of her. And what Kim's mission is to create beauty and to share beauty. And um, that just makes me think of that. And I can see why that would totally like appeal to Kim reading this, like, yes, you start with the end in mind. You start with what you want. You create what, the, you know, the beauty around you. So that's really oh, Thanks. So My the lesson that I got this last time I read it, um, our family went through something pretty hard this summer. And as I was reading, um, there's a part in the story where one of their sons, they think they he's run off with this, um, this bigger guy who's a, ends up being a terrible guy and stole a whole bunch of money from them. And they think that their son ran off with him and stole, stole the money. But in actuality, their son went after the man who stole the money and was able to get the money back and bring the guy back at gunpoint. But father and mother didn't know all that was happening at the time. But um, this was just one example, let's see, of the way father and mother treated um, hardships in their life. And this is... Um, Okay, let's see. This is about, it's starting with father. Then he gave me a cold, stiff kiss on the forehead, went to mother, took her arm and said, come mommy, let's go and tell the Lord about it. And then we'll try to make some plan. Perhaps Laddie will be back with words soon. And so I love that they go to each other and then they take it to the Lord and then they make a plan. And you can see the contrast in the way they handled things versus the way the neighbor handled things. The neighbor, Mr. Pryor, they had um, a hard thing in their family, which um, tore the whole family apart, separated the couple. They left England and moved to America and they acted like they had a secret and were secretive and wouldn't let the neighbors in and wouldn't come out and, and socialize. And so it just tore their whole family apart and their whole way of life. And because Mr. Pryor didn't believe in God and didn't, um, didn't well, go to his wife. And he let, he let that keep him from God. Like, yes. Mm -hmm. Instead of bringing him closer to God, it kept him from God. Right. And so the two contrasting examples in the book was so powerful to me about how the, the Stratton family was in their faith in God and how the Pryor family was without God. And how the couple came together, um, father and mother came together and were there for each other and supported each other versus the priors who were not. And so that was just a powerful example to me of how I can handle problems in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the, this is exactly, and every time you, and the next time we read it, yeah, I mean, and this last time we read it, we read it and discovered all these amazing things about mother. The first time I read it, we were going through... Um, Jake was contemplating getting out of the Air Force, and it was my desire that he would be a dentist instead of a pilot. And we 
we'd revisited the dentist thing a few times, but this was a time that we had were pretty serious about it. And as I read this book, and I know that Jake had struggled with it, um, the idea of, of being a dentist, but he was willing to do for me, like if that's what I wanted. And I read this book and there's so much about this book. And this first, the first time I read it, I was like, this entire book is about living your mission. That's what this entire, like, that's what this book is about. And it's about living your mission and being true to yourself and that God has a plan for you and that we can't, we need to follow that. And like, I set this book down. I was like, Jake, you are not going to be a dentist. You were born to be a pilot and you love it. And that's what you're going to be. And it completely changed like how I saw the importance of our mission and that we truly have a calling, um, of who we're supposed to be. And then we read it again. And I mean, like Kim said, I think for me, this was the fifth time going through it. Um, but I think that fourth time that I went through it, um, was just a couple years ago, maybe not even a couple years ago, maybe 18 months ago. And everything about this book spoke to me about, about Betsy and about mm -hmm. how we needed to, um, Betsy's a quirky little girl who has, um, just a different outlook on life and she lives life differently and little sister does too. And it makes me emotional. I don't like even talking about this, but mm -hmm. I, I felt like I had a handbook reading mm -hmm. Laddie of how I needed to help Betsy. And, um, there's a line, um, father is talking to, um, the doctor and he says, um, the doctor says, oh shoot, you'll have to go careful, Paul. I warn you, she will not be like the others. Mm -hmm. We realize that. Mother says she doubts if she can ever teach her to sew and become a housewife. <laughs> um, and the doctor says, she isn't cut out for a seamstress or a housewife, Paul. Tell Ruth not to try to force those things on her. Turn her loose out of doors, give her good books and leave her alone. You won't be disappointed in the woman who evolves. Obviously, these, these are the kind of things that, like, when you need to hear them. I mean, I'd read that how many times? And the last time I read that, it didn't even, like, I was focused on something else. But when you need to hear a principle, when you need to hear a truth, it's presented to you. And that obviously, in this whole book, in reading that time, I have 50 post-it notes that I could sit and open and share with you where it is telling me exactly how to help Betsy mm -hmm. based on little sister's example. And so this is the beauty of a classic. This is the yeah. beauty of looking for principles, asking questions, and being open to the inspiration that is going to come to you. Yeah through a classic. And yeah. I think we're really close to our time of, I don't want to yeah. make this too long, but we so appreciate being able to share these yes. conversations. We love, yeah, we love doing the podcast. We love hearing your thoughts about it. Um, we love hearing what you want to hear more about, and we appreciate all the feedback that you've given to us. And we're so excited about this year and focusing on becoming um, 
it'll be a great year. And next time we will hopefully have a guest with oh, us. No, our first guest speaker. I'm super excited. Yes. So, and, and um, yeah, so stay tuned. That'll be, we're going to try and be doing these twice a month. So yep. we've got a good plan. Yeah. So thanks for listening today. Go read a classic. Bye.